Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose. Impact is where your unique best self meets the world and contributes to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Tom Chalmers. Tom is a comedy actor, writer, and teacher whose career covers over 25 years in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and now making his home in Asheville, North Carolina. He's appeared in feature films at the Sundance Film Festival, award-winning short films, and national commercials. Tom trained with Second City in Chicago and was the artistic director of New York City's Groundlings East, Gotham City Improv. Tom launched the Asheville School of Improv, where he teaches, and he also continues to perform and hosts a storytelling series as well as co-hosting a sports talk radio show. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. I'm delighted to have you here. Well, thank you so much, Ursula. So I, I'm so intrigued by your career. I mean, you've got, you're weaving in acting, which you do uh, improv on stage, on film. You're a writer, a teacher. How does, how did this all kind of come about, this kind of mixture of, of a really varied career that you have? It came from that's what I found that I was drawn to do, and that's what I found I was able to do. Um, <laughs> coming up through uh, school, I was you know, mostly a, a very quiet kid till about fifth grade, and I got these very big magnifying uh, prescription glasses on my face, and then I realized that uh, humor was going to need to be part of the equation. Um, so I realized that, hey, I, I, I can be the funny kid in class. Um, so that was nice, but I also figured out um, if you make the teacher laugh, it's hard for them to get really mad at you. Um, so, you, 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 you know, you want to play within the rules while kind of making fun of them at the same time. So, uh, yeah, luckily I was a, I was a, a good student who um, had the ability to crack the class up um, and uh, so that, that's just something that I, I always, I enjoyed that place. And um, when I got to college, um, my roommate came back with a, a poster. Somebody was starting a, uh, an improv troupe on campus. And he said, here, you do this anyways. You might as well do this on stage. Um, and I will always thank him for that. And uh, yeah, so uh, I found myself you know, doing improv at college, which was a, a great experience. Uh, getting to do improv on a college campus is fantastic because everyone gets the references. Everyone has the same, uh, you know, ingredients in their life. So, so much about uh, improv is, you know, trying to set up a situation and then explore the possibilities. It's very easy to um, create situations that everybody recognizes in a college campus situation, you know, the cafeteria and class and dating and all those things. So uh, college is a great place to do improv um, for that rather than dealing with a, an audience that may not necessarily always get the reference or know what you're talking about. Right. So uh, I was really drawn to it 
And uh, so instead of spending summers working as an intern in a law firm or an ad agency, uh, I went to Chicago to study more improv and, uh, and was really happy that I did so. I got to study with uh, great people in great places. When you were at Second uh, Second City, right? Yeah. Yep. I studied at Second City and that was an amazing experience. And, uh, I studied at uh, uh, Improv Olympic, which is another improv academy in Chicago, and I got to study with one of the the icons of improv, uh, Del Close, who was kind of credited as one of the people you know, early in Chicago to help kind of launch the uh, improv movement. And I just wanted more. I just, you know, so when I was done with the summers, I you know came back to campus and you know taught people in my troupe what I had learned and. I, I just wanted more. So then when I graduated college, uh, yes, I took a job in publishing because that's what my English degree told me <laughs> I should do. Um, but I continued to take classes and, and you know, so started studying with the Groundlings program uh, in New York. Um, they are based in L.A. and most people know the Groundlings from their you know, their L.A. situation. And so many great people have come from there, you know, Melissa McCarthy, Christian Wieg, Will Ferrell. Uh, but there is a New York branch um, that was called Groundlings East and then eventually Gotham City Improv. And I took classes and I am someone who will share his opinion on comedy, whether you want me to or not, <laughs> um, just because I have such strong you know, impulses about it that um, people there said like, same thing, you should teach, you do this anyway. So why don't you get on the other side of the class to tell people about what you think? So I started teaching there, and eventually that uh, resulted in a situation for me to become the artistic director as the uh, director at the time uh, had to go on maternity leave. And so at a very young age, I found myself um, you know, running a really uh, dynamic and impressive uh, comedy school and performing company in New York. Mm-hmm. And it must just, have been an amazing experience. That w- it was really nice. It was uh, really nice to be uh, trusted to be uh, teaching people with, you know, uh, great accomplishments. You know, these were people who were, you know, on Broadway and, or, you know, or, you know, uh, you know, ad execs and things like that. Um, but they saw that I had something to say about um, particularly uh, improv comedy and the, the ways in which it can become a great way to approach not only performing, but um, conversation and, uh, you know, just, personal interaction. So, and I just, you know, carried that forward as much as I could. Um, you know, so uh, I, I love teaching as because I, I love the subject itself, but I also, you know, uh, like working and being paid for something that just <laughs> feels like something I was meant to do rather than, well, this is something that I can do. This is an available job when I teach improv or comedy writing or otherwise, that is a gospel moment for me. That is where I'm like, I think I was sort of sent here to do this. <laughs> um, so, that's a nice feeling for me. I I, yeah. I I need that affirmation for my own life of like, yeah, I think I think this is something that was set up for me. I think this is you know calling, however you want to think about it. That that I do feel that when I am standing in front of a class and teaching them, uh, you know, comedy writing, improv comedy, physical comedy. Those are things I just feel um, I, I have instincts and that I want to share. Well, and I can attest to that. I just to finish your basic improv program, and you were an, a gentle, kind, and yet 
creating opportunities to step up kind of environment. So um, it was a really great experience to be in that when in something that's scary for a lot of people. Uh, it is. And I do try to keep that in mind that, and, and uh, I had a, a, a student who was very helpful in telling me um, that I have to remember that I've been given some instincts about comedy, but I can't expect everyone else to have those right away. Um, so meet people at wherever they are at and uh, offer them some tools to um, find some success in this risky art form where you are you know, unscripted. Um, so I, yeah, I really do try to meet people where they're at. And if someone is trying this for the first time, well then how exciting that they are making a choice for the first time that maybe I've made many, many times that doesn't make it at all less uh, exciting and original for them just because I may have seen it done a bunch of times. This is the first time they've ever um, said, wait, you know, I lost my contact and looking <laughs> for it on the floor, kind of the classic improv uh, freeze tag moment. Um, that's awesome for them that they, found that for the first time. Um, so I really do try to can find people where that, or if someone's coming to me going, I, I've done a lot of this, I've, I've been performing for a long time, what can I show them that maybe they haven't been shown yet? Mm -hmm. Well, I love that you find that a calling, the, the teaching that you do, because I know you teach, I mean, you created the um, Asheville School of Improv, but you also teach elsewhere. So it's great that you have that deep connection to that work. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> here. yeah I, uh, I trust me, there are times when I sort of wish I had been called to do something that is a little bit more nine to five and, right. you know, junior partner and all that kind of stuff that there is there. There are times when that would make a lot more sense. <laughs> um, but that that is not where I feel like I was supposed to be. Um, but, but whether, you know, whether it's <clears throat> teaching a class of five or performing in front of, you know, 10,000 people somewhere in between. Like I, I think, Oh good. This, this, this is the situation that the combination of events that made me, me, um, just, just seems to be best displayed. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you see as, um, the impact of, of people doing this kind of work? I mean, you're teaching, you have students coming in and, and you're also performing. So how do you see that in terms of um, the effect that it's having on, on other people? Um, well, I'll start with the teaching. Uh, yeah, I, I think impact, impact is, a, is a great word for it in that we are in uh, Asheville. And yes, there are people who aspire to be uh, performers. And I love uh, meeting them at that point in their uh, path to becoming a you know fully realized performer, so I'm happy to share with them what has been shared with me by uh, great teachers and performers that I have been able to interact with along the way. But I also like that Asheville is just a curious town of retirees and uh, people kind of in between trying to figure out just what it is that they want to do. So hey, I always want to try something like this, and if I can find them and have them see that the elements of improv uh, are really <laughs> strong for, yes, having success on stage, but also having success um, in 
connecting with people. So the idea of, you know, eye contact and active listening and really trying to uh, focus on, um, you know, setting up the other person and trust that they will do the same in return. Um, these are great things to offer someone. So even if at the end of a six week course, someone says like, yeah, I don't really need to do this again, but I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to carry a few of these things with me uh, back into my family life, business life. Otherwise, um, I've had a nice experience with uh, someone who was in one of my classes um, carrying what she's learned into she does a lot of you know, kind of positive parent coaching mm -hmm. and counseling mm -hmm. and taking the things that she has heard in improv and applied that to her dynamic with her daughter and is now sharing that with uh, oh, uh, wow. other parents. We That's were able to, uh, to do a workshop out at LEAF um, uh, in the fall. Which is um, a local festival. Yes, yeah, so Lexington. Yes, like Eden Arts Festival, sorry. Um, so that's just been a nice thing when someone was like, just so you know, some part of what you have taught has uh, changed me a little bit in some other part of my life. And now I am looking to share that you know, with others. Um, so when it, when it has a uh, continuation like that, that's, that's really a nice feeling. Yeah, I mean, being able to extrapolate it even beyond the stage and not to say that stage isn't uh, worthwhile and valuable a uh, place for people to be and experience and be part of, but uh, kind of seeing it expand even beyond that, it's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, well, thanks. And then to speak to performance, yes, I'm, I'm lucky to be part of a, a, a really talented troupe here in town called Reasonably Priced Babies <laughs> and uh, working with some people who uh, have extensive years of improv uh, in their past as well is nice. And I, uh, I like, you know, so I teach improv and all the applications that can be made, fantastic, but I do teach it as a performance art. And this is hopefully something that people will try in front of an audience at some point. So when people uh, say that they, you know, come to our show um, whenever they can and, um, you know, their parents were in town and they brought them and that that's just a great feeling to to know that someone thinks that this is their go-to experience to know that it is going to be fast and fun and and full of you know creative ideas and uh, but you know people connecting is great um yeah i think improv should only be you know discussed in the class for so long before you bring it to the marketplace go try it um so whether that is at an you know an informal you know, friends and family kind of thing like we did last night with our classes great um, or if it can be on a larger platform uh, fantastic but yeah I am someone who has sought the the energy of an audience um, as much as I can um, over you know since you know since taking that first uh, you know meeting with the improv troupe in college it's and it's something that I, I find is very essential to continue to try to be uh, who I am. And the, the babies have given me that uh, now you know, for almost six years, um, just consistent, uh, outstanding shows where it's really uh, easy to walk away from an improv show being like, yeah, we missed that opportunity. We, we could have done that. It's an unscripted art form. It's going to um, sometimes you know, go down rabbit holes you didn't mean to. But I have a hard time finding a lot to criticize about what we do because 
we come wanting it to be uh, good for us and good for the audience, and uh, we're usually successful. Yeah, and the evidence is immediate. I mean, you get the feedback right away, so in terms yeah. of the audience, yeah. Um, yeah, well, is there, um, I, I mean, one thing that you do that I find really intriguing is this sports talk radio show, the the Steve Sachs syndrome, and this, I mean, of course, there's an improvisational element to it, but you know, why radio? Because you, you don't have the immediacy of the audience there. I guess you don't film either, which you've also worked in. But, um, you know, why why that? What What is it about that that you find draws you? Uh, that, that's a good question. <laughs> um, uh, that is uh, uh, something that I do with the, my friend Scott Bunn. And we had talked about possibly doing a sports podcast um, a few years back. Um, and we were encouraged to do so by friends and spouses and otherwise that were like, you guys are always talking about sports and finding funny threads and conversation topics. Why don't you do a podcast? Mm -hmm. So we were exploring that possibility. And by chance, um, Scott was doing an interview for uh, something else he was involved with at Asheville FM, which is where we do our show. And the conversation came up and someone's like, why don't you apply for a show? Sure, just you know, put it in a proposal. Maybe you can that way. You're every week you're set up and you can do it live and on the radio. And how about that? So we did. And he's a grant writer, so luckily he crushed that application and and got everything to the right people. And so we found ourselves with a, with a, an hour every week to talk about what we find entertaining about sports and uh, just a nice challenge to turn something that you know, we both. Uh, follow uh, closely as much as we can with families and lives and things uh, mm-hmm. and try to turn that into uh, interesting, uh, you know, conversation topics. We, we uh, kind of brand ourselves as hashtag non shouting sports radio. <laughs> we don't, we, you know, there's plenty of people who, you know, yeah, and that's, that, that's how to draw an audience or yelling and coaches should be fired. Right. And can you believe that guy? That's just not, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that is great, but that's just not what we wanted to do, whereas we wanted to discuss sports from an entertainment perspective. Um, you know, as it's one of our favorite shows, you know, right. how was this week's episode right. um, of sports? You know, well, and it's uh, a huge it, entertainment industry, sports. I mean, yes. Yeah. Um, so that, that's our point of view. So we try to, um, if there is you know, someone who we know or have reached out to who is connecting with sports on a, a high level. Um, recently, the uh, the Fed Cup, the women's tennis tournament, was in town, and we were able to reach out and talk to some people involved in that. Great. If we can share um, access to an event that people might know uh, fully about, then great. Or we're also happy to talk to uh, friends and people we know about their sports-watching habits, their superstitions, their... Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, fluctuation of emotions and just, uh, you know, how interesting that we, we get so involved over people in uniforms, uh, competing against each other that yeah. shouldn't yeah. seem to have an emotional impact on us. But sometimes people are like, I can't, I can't watch with anyone. I have to go into my downstairs, you know, viewing space and I can't because I just get too worked up <laughs> or some people like no I need to be surrounded by people I want to I want this to be a you know concert experience of 
um, feeling the energy. So, you know, people are very different. So that's what we just like to explore. And each week we wonder who's listening and why, but um, people seem to keep listening and keep letting us know that they enjoy it. So we keep doing it. Yeah. Well, I've, 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 uh, I've been so intrigued of the sports culture. I mean, it's so cultural in the United States that people, yeah. even people who say, I don't care, I don't like sports, they have some team somewhere that they're likely rooting for. So I, I, I find this kind of, I, I kind of feel a bit like an anthropologist because I grew up in Canada and of course there's sports mm-hmm. there, there's hockey, there's rabid hockey fans. Um, it's just not as deeply ingrained. So you're really touching yeah. on a thread that is so personal and deep for people uh yeah which it's, it's nice and it's also an interesting thing so we are on not a sports radio channel uh-huh. we are on Asheville fm which is mostly a community music uh, show with fantastic uh, variety of, of music and uh, other kind of community talk uh, shows and we are one hour of sports a week. <laughs> Often people are like, we have no idea what you're talking about, but you sure seem excited about it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you hit all your marks and say all your, you know, right station ID. So good for you. So we like that. <laughs> Sometimes we are connecting with people who may have just uh, left the radio on from the previous music show. And are like, oh, these sports guys. Well, hold on. This sounds sort of interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 I think I'm going to give these guys uh, a couple more minutes um, rather than just being yet another, you know, three hour slot repeating the same news stories over and over again uh, on a sports network, which I listen to often, don't get me wrong. But I, I like that we fall in and we're this sort of odd niche uh, of sports and an otherwise kind of indie music culture. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, um, I'd love to dive a little bit into kind of the what's behind all this, and that's your business. You're a self-employed entrepreneur, and that's the main audience for this podcast. So I'd love to mm-hmm. dive a bit into what kinds of things do you find that uh, you're spending your time and energy on most uh, beyond uh, delivering the the service, quote unquote, which in your case is the right. performance or the teaching, or um, is do you how do you find your time is best used beyond those those things that is the core of your business? Um, sure, I find now in Asheville, you know, when you, you know, when I was teaching as part of uh, you know you know the Groundlings program and otherwise, the brand sort of sells itself. I mean, being in New York City, you're you're competing against everything, so it is a, a major struggle. But you have the brand itself. Oh, Groundlings. And uh, you're also in a city where there are tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions even who are seeking this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. In Asheville, you have to work really hard to let people know that this even exists (laughs) and that it is uh, something that, uh, you know, does speak to them. It is, it's not, you know, just for a certain kind of performer, a certain kind of person. So a lot of it of my time is spent just trying to increase awareness that, um, yes, there is uh, improv in town and the shift over the last 10 years where there wasn't really much improv um, here when I first got here. And now there are, you know, uh, different people teaching classes in different spots. And there's uh, a number of improv troops in town. That's been a nice 
evolution to be a part of. Um, but that's a lot of it is just letting people know that, hey, this is out there and uh, – uh, this might be something that you, you know, would like to do. So I'll, I'll turn it around and ask, so how did you come to know of, of the classes that I teach and, and how did you find yourself going, I think I'm going to sign up? Yeah. Well, and you made a big dent in that. One of the toughest things for businesses to do is to kind of create a market where people don't have awareness and you have to be explaining why this is a good thing. It's not like, you know, vacuum cleaner salesman where of course I need a mm -hmm. vacuum cleaner it's not you don't have to go through that additional step so right. um, is there how, how do you uh, what do you find is the most effective way to do that is it in conversation with people one-on-one -on -one or online or are there other ways that you're uh, spreading the word it's a variety of approaches yeah. um, I I will admit that uh, Facebook is a, a fantastic tool but sometimes <laughs> It can be uh, relied on too much, and you have to remember that you're you're kind of talking to the same people over and over again with um, kind of Facebook, even you know boosts and otherwise. But yeah, Facebook is great for that. And then there's I also you know think that good old fashioned um, putting some posters up around town in the right spots uh, mm -hmm. can pique some curiosity. Uh, I like being able to speak from stage. Uh, and performing like, hey, if this seems like something you'd like to try yourself, there there are classes um, here in town taught by someone here on the stage. Um, but the most valuable thing, and I, I think you might even be able to speak to that, is asking people who are currently taking classes, if this is something that you liked, um, if you want to go ahead and tell a few people, uh, yeah. that that's the best thing that can happen. Um, so someone turning around being like, I'm doing this thing that, uh, wow, this is sort of fun. And I have to say, I think you might like it too. That That's, that's great because yeah. uh, then the, the cynicism of like, sure, what are you trying to sell me kind of falls away and someone is just sharing a positive personal experience. Um, that's awesome. So I, I, I will do that each time. If you liked what you did here, go tell a few people and, uh, um, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be here for at least another six months or a year uh, teaching another batch of classes um, to another group of people who will go out and tell another handful of people, and, and the cycle continues. Well, and you so beautifully put that. I mean, referrals are the holy grail of any business because basically other people are helping you do the marketing. You've, you've done yeah. the work with them, and they're willing to spread the word, and that's really the most beautiful position to be in. So, yeah. Well, is there a, is there a, a personal trait that you think is really has been important for you in developing your business? Um, and you've been a working actor for your career, which is in itself yeah. an incredible accomplishment. It's a highly competitive field. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I would say I'll, I'll you know, stay with the teaching, but, you know, performing as well. I think people clearly see that uh, I, I like what I teach. I believe in what I'm teaching. Uh, when I'm on stage performing improv, there is a glow about me of I am in my element. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think people uh, see that, respond to that. So um, as long as I continue to, uh, work from a place of I genuinely enjoy this, and I would love it if uh, other people uh, just you know experience that on some level. I'm not 
asking that they're going to um, buy in as much as I have. But um, if people can understand what I've seen in, the, in, in performing in general, but also specifically improv, so that I have kind of made it my uh, pursuit for, you know, more than half of my life now. Uh, I, I, I hope that, that that's infectious. Um, there's not a lot of, you know, necessarily strategy behind that. It's just how I am. And uh, I, I feel like it has served me very well uh, in people seeing that uh, I am not sighing and just, all right, here we go. <laughs> Economics 101. Please turn to your first page and please take out your answer sheet. You know, right. I'm, 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 I'm witnessing. I'm not just teaching. You know? right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're fully committed in the in the class setting. And I've seen I've seen you perform for like a nanosecond. So I'll have to. I, I'm definitely going to do more of that. But I, from what I've seen of your teaching, you're definitely right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I've often asked people about in this podcast is what kind of values do you bring into your business, which is maybe an odd question, but I, I believe that people have impact from those things that they hold as most important and that we, our behavior, our, the way we act comes out of that, whether we're conscious about it or not. Um, and so having some consciousness around it lets you bring it into your business and implement it more consistently. And so I'm always intrigued by exploring that with people. Are, are there particular, I mean, you've talked somewhat in terms of how you approach your students, but uh, can you talk a bit about what values you hold as really important in, in your work life and, and personal life too? I mean, the two obviously are, are not inseparable. So um i guess the value standpoint from the value standpoint uh, uh, uh you know you have to uh believe in yourself you know you if, <laughs> you know there's uh, i am in no way a, a a a perfect person i'm i'm a very flawed person um but i do believe in my um uh, abilities and you know uh, you know, what the things that I teach, um, I am in that situation because I have accumulated experience that I, I can share with others. So I, I think you really do need to, you know, believe in yourself and believe in what you you have to offer. Um, and I, I believe that also in terms of classes that, um, yes, you know, people are just you know, want to have fun and maybe they want to do something that just kind of takes them away from, um, you know, their work situation or whatever, but people have come to learn from me. So I can't be afraid to try to teach them. Um, so I, you, you had some very nice words. You, you, you were like kind and, and positive. I try to do that, but I'm also, uh, if someone is not doing something as well as it could be done, I'm going to point that out. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to stand there and tell everyone, great, everything's great. Great. <laughs> um, because that that you know uh, comes back uh, as hollow eventually. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting there in, in class or in any situation, and person is only just saying um, how everything was perfect, and you know, no, that that wasn't perfect. That could have been better. And uh, and I'm not pointing to that. It it dilutes the product, and I don't uh, want that. And I believe in comedy enough and improv enough that. Um, I will risk someone not uh, caring for me as a person, um, but taking away 
the, the lesson, you know, if they're like, wow, he was kind of hard on me. And then a little later on, they're like, ah, but he might've been right about whatever it is I was pointing out. I'm willing to mm-hmm. risk that because again, I believe in myself and I believe in the product. So those are kind of the values I bring in. If, uh, if you don't think that you should, if there's someone better to do what you're uh, doing, then and this is, you know, something that I've spoken in a layout, then step out of the way and let, let that person get to the front of the line. Um, but if you do believe in what you do, then um, then get in there and, 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 and share it and offer it and offer criticism when it is necessary because you know that is what this person has come to you for. They're seeking expert opinion. Believe in yourself as an expert and then offer that opinion. Hmm. I love that. Believing yourself as an expert because I think it's sometimes hard for people to step into that fully and it doesn't do justice to the work or the other person even, even if in the moment it's uncomfortable. Right. So, yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, any, you know, there are coach coaches. Um, I've taken some, you know, classes on how to teach people how to coach people. uh, And I'm sure you have some experience with this. Yes. Some people you need to be mostly supportive. This is the first time they're trying something like this, or they clearly are very uh, vulnerable right now. So you don't need to kind of really go through everything they did wrong. Um, Let them taste some success. uh, And and I try to teach my class that I try to break things down to easy, achievable things early on. So you, you kind of get a sense of like, oh, I can see how this can be fun. But you can also recognize someone this person has a chance to be great. Um, they've had enough people tell them how great they are. Maybe they need someone to tell them, you can do better. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've got your bag of tricks. Put those aside. What do you really have? You know, What's something that's going to surprise even you? So you have to recognize who you're coaching at that time. And, and so if you're dealing with the, you know, the nervous rookie, then support them. If you're dealing with uh, someone who maybe needs to be shaken out of their comfort zone, don't be afraid to do that. That's why they've come to you. Yeah. Well, and you're supporting their growth. And yeah. I mean, why, you know, why would you do something that's <clears throat> challenging or, or something new or um, uncomfortable unless you want to expand in some way? It's really in service to that. Right. Yeah. I, is there a, a situation you can think of where uh, you've struggled with something or, or you've come up, bumped up against an obstacle in your business uh, where you it was just uh, a challenge to move through and yet you were able to move through it. Can you speak to that a little bit? And I always think it's helpful for people to hear, no, this was not a meteoric rise of, of you know, <laughs> no difficulty and uh, ta-da, here I am being this awesome person. It's, it's uh, really you know, how are you dealing with that along the way? So helpful to, to hear about. Right. Um, sure. So I'll speak to that a little bit. So my path as a teacher has uh, mostly been a, a progressive path. I you know, fell into it uh, so, sort of early and really enjoyed, uh, you know, teaching and directing others. Uh, but I burned out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was, I mean, <laughs> running a, a company, mostly by myself other than some uh uh you know interns and some grossly underpaid uh, instructors um <laughs> but I, but I, I burned out a little bit and needed to put that aside and i wanted to 
just focus on myself as all right but what about me as a performer as a writer um i felt like i i, I was talking about myself in the past tense a little too much um mm -hmm. so i i returned to that and got back into acting and writing and performing and uh, and uh, and i loved it and uh, i love that challenge but that is very difficult as a teacher i don't feel like i fluctuate um, up and down with like i don't know if, I don't know if I got it or not, but as a as a, someone who's trying to work as a performer and is trying to work as a as a writer and an actor, you have to talk to yourself every day that you you do have something to offer. Um, you are a unique talent uh, in your unique way. So I, I very much uh, struggled with that in New York and in L.A. and eventually chose to. Um, leave LA and, and seek out a, a, you know, a smaller city where there wasn't the constant comparison to um, who was succeeding and who was not. So um, I definitely struggled with the path as a, as a, you know, freelance writer, performer, actor, um, uh, which is interesting that in coming back to Asheville, I sort of came back to teaching. Um, luckily someone was starting a, uh, an act, you know, uh, a, composite acting studio here and they wanted someone to head up the improv program. So they were like, didn't you used to teach improv? And I was like, yeah, I did used to teach improv. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of came back to it and it, it was a really nice thing to be reminded of. Um, the, yes, the path as a teacher um, is not always as financially rewarding as you can do as a writer and an actor sometimes, but it does not involve the, um, you know, so much rejection. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it is, a, it is a very difficult path as a, as a professional actor and writer to constantly, um, convince yourself that, uh, tomorrow will be better. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. So there's that. And then in terms of, uh, teaching, um, when I went, so I was kind of part of what was called uh, NYS three, uh, the New York studio of stage and screen in Asheville, which was an amazing collection of, of teachers, all these people, they realized, Hey, all these great people who have done things uh, in bigger cities have settled in Nashville. Let's put them all in the same place. So, you know, great people like Kelly McGillis teaching Shakespeare and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, amazing, you know, voiceover artists and, uh, and acting teachers. Um, so it was really nice to be part of a uh, conglomerate of just talent, but um, the studio had a great run, but it just wasn't able to sustain the model. So, uh, you know, broke apart uh, a little while back. So when I had to then go, okay, but what I'm doing is, is enough for it to be its own school mm -hmm. um, and brand the Asheville School of Improv and find a new space and, and you know, recruit new, class, new, new students. Um, that was definitely hard. That was a chance to go, well, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe something else. Um, but there was enough people who had taken my classes who had said, I, I hope you still do this somewhere um, that I was encouraged to like, no, find a new place, build it back up again. And, and so I have, but th that was not easy. It was, it was, it was easier to be part of a bigger system right. and be a cog than be your own thing. Um, uh, so it involved a little bit more of that kind of, you know, every day, I swear you're worth it. You can do this. Yeah. And uh, you, I mean, you pointed out a couple of things that I think are true for all entrepreneurs. One is just that of, of, 
telling yourself that you are unique because, you know, there are many other whatever it is that you offer and, you know, why would people come to me? Yet you have to have confidence in that in order to be able to step out there every day and do what you do. And the other aspect that I thought was so um, universal is that um, making choices about what's best for you and, and taking care of yourself in a larger sense and not just, you know, being in the highly competitive grind because that's what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, but rather making choices about what is right for you is really important. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, Tom, I always wrap up these interviews with a rapid round of three questions. Are you up for it? Okay. All right. I'm ready. Okay. So first one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? Uh, is just hear what, whatever someone has taken away from a show or a class, um, just hear that and reinforce it, even though it may be different from what you thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to the classes last night after our show, and I said, however you feel about what you might have done tonight, um, you go out to the lobby and you stand with your friends, and when they tell you, great job, you say thank you, and you ask them, you know, what did you like? Um, mm-hmm. And not, oh, I don't know, I felt that was sort of off tonight. Uh, I, I could have done something better. It's like whatever someone took away from you know, interacting with your teaching, your performing, whatever, um, hear that and don't try to convince them otherwise. Um, so if they had the most amazing time at what you thought was one of your weaker classes or, you know, uh, less inspired shows, um, that's not, your experience isn't important. There is, they loved it. Uh, great. Or vice versa. If they just didn't care for something that you really thought was one of your better things, um, well, that was their experience. Don't try to talk them out of what they took away. Just hear it and uh, and reinforce it. Well, it's kind of the heart of improv, the yes and. and yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, taking it in, yeah. Well, the second question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? Uh, to, uh, yeah, consistent is the word. Uh, I, you know, I keep looking for another opportunity to perform. Um, my group, you know, we uh, had a great situation at, at uh, various theaters along the way. We were at the Magnetic Theater until that closed, but we found a new home. And then we were at uh, the lab, and that was a great thing until that had to close the performance <laughs> space. But we found a new home. You got to keep seeking opportunities to, um, you know, showcase yourself, but also reward yourself with the thing that you like to do. So I would just say the consistent is, you know, Choosing to keep trying to teach classes, even if sometimes they're they're a little smaller, it's not quite the you know the number of classes that you had at a previous time. Just keep coming back and allow it to fluctuate, because um, once you stop, it's really hard. It can be really hard to, to start again. So just yeah. just keep offering and just allow that. Um, if the response is not what you want right now, and that's just a you know, fluctuations in the market. It is not uh, a commentary on the quality of your work as a teacher or performer. Yeah, I love that. And the last question is, what is one piece of advice you would give somebody who's asking, I want to, I want to positively affect other people. I want to have impact. What would you say to them? Um, 
find, find people who believe in what you do and, and are offering to help um, and, uh, and embrace that. Uh, I was very lucky when NYS3 uh, had to close that, um, you know, Chanda Callantine at Asheville Community Theater had a conversation with like, well, I think what you do is great and let's find a way to, you know, teach your classes here. Mm. Um, without that, I don't know that I would have had that you know, second wave here. Mm -hmm. So uh, all the things we said about, you know, you got to believe in yourself and believe in your impact and everything. But boy, if, if there is a, even one other person who is saying, well, that sounds awesome. Um, what if I, you know, could do this for you? Or what if I allowed you to work out of this space for a little while or whatever? Um, just lean on that because it's hard enough as it is. Um, this insistence on doing it all by yourself is, is, is just uh, unrealistic, I think. Yeah. Um, and Asheville, particularly true to Asheville, there are so many people who um, want to feel part of something and, and want to lend whatever it is that they have uh, come to know about or have made available to them, um, they will want to share that with you. It, uh, Asheville is is a great space, you know, for that. Um, so so look for that and and, and welcome it. Um, you'll have to step up and be the person that they believe you to be. But but just don't fight the occasional uh, hand up. Right, and I think those communities are found everywhere. You just have to put yourself in a place where you're you're able to be visible and and really connect with those people. So yeah, it's great that you uh, have such love for the community. I love it. <laughs> uh, it is uh, very quick. Let's say when I first got to Los Angeles, uh, uh, I am not a remarkably sociable person and otherwise, but I literally went through and I called anybody that I had ever met, <laughs> sat next to on a plane otherwise, and was like, hi, I'm in Los Angeles now. And uh, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, can we meet? And, and what can you tell me about uh, what's going on? Um, I, I, <laughs> and I called plenty of people who were like, I'm busy. And, uh, you know, your <laughs> life is not my problem. And, and that's fine. But there's a lot of people who, uh, oh, of course I remember you. Yeah, c come on down. Let, let, let's have a coffee. Come see my theater. Come see my production company. Oh, and great. I was so glad that I did that because it, it, it just opened up so many possibilities. Whereas if I had just settled for, well, here I am in my little tiny studio apartment. I'm struggling in L.A. Oh, woe is me. Um, <laughs> I would have, you know, left after six months. So yeah. uh, sometimes I... I almost feel like I want to move again, not because I don't love Asheville, because that move forces me to like open myself up to, I need um, others to pull me in. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, find a way to do that. Even if you just move within your own situation, uh, shift things so that you need to reach out to others to pull you forward. Yeah. I love that. And uh, yeah, I think it's a way you can revitalize where you are too, but boy, it feels like a, you know, you can't imagine seeing where you are in a different way, but that's uh, that's really great advice. So, well, Tom, thanks so much for everything you shared today. I think that yeah, thank you. your uh, your messages of you know believing in yourself and your abilities and 
telling yourself that every day is is uh, so much a part of the entrepreneurial experience and uh, certainly as a performer and making great choices about what's ultimately right for you. I, uh, I, I so appreciate um, all the things you've shared. So thanks for thanks for being here. If uh, people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, so a couple of ways um, you can find uh, me on Facebook, Tom Chalmers on Facebook, you know, Tom Chalmers, Asheville, um, the Asheville school of improv also has a page on Facebook that you can find and like and follow. So those are uh, easy ways. And uh, if you are wanting to find out more about the classes that I teach, you can go to the uh, Asheville community theater website at ashevilletheater.org. And then just follow the menu, go to the uh, education and adult classes you can find out about the classes that i teach and then uh, otherwise you can also find reasonably priced babies uh, on facebook as well and uh, we, will, we will let you know about uh, performances and other um, things that we are offering there great well thank you for that and thank you tom for the work you're doing in the world thanks ursula Join us for more episodes, subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word, leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.